How do you turn a foot fetish into a multi-million dollar scam? Can you guilt people into buying tens of thousands of dollars of paper scrolls? Today, we're going to be talking about Hogan Fukunaga, founder of Honohana. Did he have a foot fetish? Probably. Did he form an entire religion around it? Definitely. <laughs> Find out more on today's episode of Well, That's Horrible. Well, 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 that's horrible. Hey everyone, I am Reese. I'm Travis. Welcome to another episode of Well, That's Horrible. Please understand that Travis and I are both undisputed experts in all fields, <laughs> so it would be unethical for us to not share our opinions with you. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Unprofessional opinion. All right, are you ready for today's question? I'm ready. Okay. Who was your childhood actor or actress crush? Oh, Topanga. Boy Meets World. Topanga. I don't <clears throat> even know who that person is. You don't know who Topanga is? No clue. You don't know? Nope. Uh, T Boy Meets World Kay. was on in the 90s. Right. And it was great. It was like when it started, I was also around like nine or ten years old. Right. And so was the main character. And it went until, I mean, the main actor, and it kept all of the same actors, was until they were like... In graduating college. Really? So they're like mid-20s by the time the show ended. Okay. And it was just so good. Uh -huh. And Topanga was my shit. Like, <laughs> I, she had, this might sound familiar. Okay. She had uh, big curly hair. Uh-huh. She was short. <laughs> so you had a type <laughs> Definitely the on beginning. the cute side. Like, yeah, I had a type. I mean, yep. that's just my wife. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you just went out looking for her. Yeah. And I, and I found her. <laughs> nice. so I, you know, I had, to, had to trick her into having a kid with me before she was 18, but you know, <laughs> I also wasn't 18. So <laughs> I'm glad you clarified that. I was actually going to ask you to clarify that just so, so we don't get reported. It's all right. Success story. We had kids as teenagers and you're still together. And we're still together. No going murders. Strong. No murders. Eventually, you guys might be the subject of one of these podcasts. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> See, okay. Mine is James Earl Jones. <laughs> Your childhood crutch? Can, <laughs> says, can, you, can you imagine, though, <laughs> how intimate that sexy talk would be? It would just be so soothing. And the hugs afterwards, I feel like the cuddling... Would just be would just be next level, just amazing cuddling. You just imagine yourself as a child in James Earl Jones' yep. arms, just cradled in his arms. You also, you know, capitalize on your type as a child. <laughs> Confused by that. <laughs> so no, okay. My my actual childhood crush was Anne Hathaway. Mm. Just mm. from the get go. I mean, you're talking. Princess Diaries even. I was her age about when that came out and all the she way through. She was 35. The only, well, not her, the age she is now. No, but you were 35 watching those movies. You're like, oh, man. I like to be as creepy as possible. Just the younger, the better. Mm. <laughs> and the Epstein approach. <laughs> 
he killed himself. Totally. 100%. <laughs> yep. Oh, see, the only the only disappointing movie I think I've ever seen with her was The Hustle. They took <laughs> they took a great movie, great movie, which was Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and just ruined it, not by changing the cast. The cast was fantastic. It's like they you know that paper that you turned in in high school that you didn't prepare for, so you just copied and pasted everything from Wikipedia? Mm-hmm. Same principle with how they wrote that movie. It is the exact same movie. They just changed the characters. Same accents and everything. <laughs> it was so disappointing. So disappointing. Nice. <laughs> so I'm going to assume that... Who was your crush? Topanga. Topanga and James Earl Jones and Anne Hathaway are all listening to this podcast. And uh, I, I think that they'd probably want a horrible story. Are you I ready? I think they would. Okay. Especially James. Especially James. <laughs> He's known. I call him Jimmy. <laughs> but only during Pillow Talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy. Jimmy! <laughs> all aboard! Hogan Fukunaga was born in 1945 in Yamaguchi, Japan. From what I can gather, there wasn't anything particularly noteworthy about his childhood. The only thing I could find of interest was an underlying tension between Hogan and his parents after his parents found his collection of foot picks in his closet. <laughs> Even more disturbing was the fact that all the feet belonged to Judith, the pet wombat that lived down the street. <laughs> Apparently, she had not given consent for these pictures to be taken. No, that didn't really happen, but you may think it's possible after you hear more of this story. At 19, Fukunaga goes to work for Toshiba. A few years later, in 1968, he winds up leaving and starting a small company. Within a few years, his company was making several million dollars per year with about 200 employees. What did this company do? They manufactured and distributed, quote, personal massage products. Ooh. They were dildos. Yeah, dildos. They, they, were, they dildos. had to be dildos. <laughs> that's where the Hitachi came from. <laughs> yep. And, and that's no small feat, becoming the dildo king of Japan. <laughs> and that wasn't that. intentional plan. That wasn't intentional? Yeah. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> no small feat. <laughs> Fukunaga was eventually the victim of a major scam, and which is ironic, given what he does later, and he lost everything. He finally throws in the towel and declares bankruptcy. Uh, even managed to wind up about $5 million in debt. Next, he tries unsuccessfully to commit suicide. All of that sadness melted away, though, when he had a mystical experience. Ooh. Are you ready to hear about this? I couldn't find specifics on how he tried to off himself, but I'm guessing he tried overdosing on LSD or acid because he said that... That's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Yep. Okay. Nope, just now realized that. Uh, Shrooms. There we peyote, go. Peyote. There we go. DMT. We're going to get, we're on a podcast. All so. of them. DMT. Tried them all. He tried them all because he said that he had a vision where he was visited by, quote, high ranking Buddhist monks. I now, don't know enough about Buddhism if, if they have Buddhism? Rankings? Monks? Buddhism? Buddhism? 
Buddhi- I think it's Buddhism. Buddhism is Buddhism. Uh, <laughs> what religion I'm going to have you <laughs> converted to later. <laughs> you kind of derailed halfway through that line. <laughs> <laughs> That's normal. <laughs> now, okay, how exactly do you rank up in Buddhism? Is it like a video game where you get better armor and bigger weapons? <laughs> like, oh, look at that dude's robe. He's super high-level Buddhist. <laughs> uh, but it didn't stop there. Not to be outdone by the monks, Jesus makes an appearance at the very end. Kind of like he was the headliner for the show. The Buddhist <laughs> monks were the openers. It's unclear if Fukunaga requested an encore at the end, though. We're not sure. Not only did all these religious icons visit him, but they informed him that he was the reincarnation of both Buddha and Jesus Christ. That's a pretty big deal. How do you land on a body type for that combo? (laughs) Small (laughs) Japanese man is apparently (laughs) the combination. Because you've got Buddha, who clearly knows his way around a buffet. (laughs) And you have Jesus, who's always portrayed as like the poster child for P90X. Just, (laughs) just cut. Absolutely cut. Um, I heard he was in talks to be in Fight Club, actually, but uh, it didn't work out because, you know, they wouldn't be filming for 2,000 years. Uh, Fukunaga decides that he needs to take his newfound identity and save the world. But he needs to touch a bunch of feet to do it. I mean, you take out the feet and this sounds pretty close to what happened to some guy in Utah. <laughs> like, some guy in Utah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Finding the, uh, the, gold, <laughs> the yeah. gold plates. Yeah, I mean, this is... Uh... <laughs> ringing pretty similar it really is this this one gets worse i don't know if it gets worse but it gets worse (laughs) he calls his group honohana basically people would come to him and show him their feet he would examine their feet quote diagnose them with a terrible disease and generally inform them and genuine and generously inform him that he had the cure He slowly begins to build a cult following. More and more people are paying this man to look at their feet. So he first starts getting people by telling them that he can diagnose and prevent anything, even cancer. Once they drop a few grand for him to examine their feet, then the real fun begins. Fukunaga was quoted as telling one woman, Because you did not listen to the voice of heaven, your daughter will receive the punishment of heaven. Hmm. Are you really her mother? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he went for it. He went for the throat. Just straight for the throat. (laughs) Fukunaga hooks people with an initial foot reading that only cost about $1,000. Then, as he poked around on their feet, he would inform them about something terrible. It was typically something like, Congratulations, you have AIDS. (laughs) Or, Your kids are definitely going to die. But then, Fukunaga would tell them that simply by paying insane amounts of money, he could fix all of their problems. It was great. There was one man who contacted him and said that he was worried about getting HIV. When he came in, after just the most thorough foot licking, Fukunaga (laughs) informed the man, your life is bad, oh, and this is a quote, quote, your life is bad in the past, present, and the future, which I feel like just describes me. Uh, (laughs) He then informed the man that, and I'm hoping you're ready for this shock, he had AIDS. Oh, no. It just sounds like a real bad psychic reading, you know? 
okay, I need you to tell me your biggest fears. <laughs> Absolutely. I, uh, I'm, I am terrified of snakes with tap shoes. <laughs> okay, let me get a listen here. Oh, oh, yeah, I am hearing just a shit ton of hissing and clicking. Does that mean anything important to you? But don't worry, Travis, okay? Okay, Travis, Travis, don't worry. Because Fukunaga informed the man that he could take part in a session to cure him. But the session was $6,000. After the session, his little toesies were inspected, and it was determined that it was incredible. He was free of HIV. Just absolutely miraculous. I really have to get a new foot guy um, <laughs> because I had to pay eight grand to get rid of my AIDS. Uh, plus, my guy took a bunch of pictures of my feet for documentation purposes. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. There's a special liquid he puts on your feet. So then, <laughs> that's where the healing He is. said it was lotion. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the Rub man. It in between your toes. <laughs> The man then gets strong-armed into buying a scroll to take home for $34,000. Jesus. That was a really special scroll. (laughs) Fukunaga wanted to amp up his cult earnings, and that's tough when you're the only foot fetish expert. Even though he said he was the only one who could speak for God, he did decide that he could train some of his followers to examine feet. He put together a helpful little guidebook to get everyone up to speed. The main gist of the book was various ways to terrify people into paying more money. Turns out that when you tell people that their kids are going to die if they don't pay more money, they tend to pay more money. (laughs) New members were forced to go days without eating or sleeping. The police were called when a man died during an indoctrination. The report involved the word defenestration, which... I didn't know what that meant for the longest time, but I'm just incredibly excited that I get to use that word in a podcast. (laughs) Um, So defenestration means the action of throwing someone out of a window. All right. That's how the guy died. Can't you just say they threw him out a window? Nope. Defenestration. (laughs) The, The police then said that they had been called to the facility 12 other times. 12 other times for the exact same thing. Not just, not just deaths, defenestration. This was, <laughs> this was an absolute chaos house. I bet those people had a long fall predicted for their future when they first signed up. <laughs> okay, Phil, so uh, Gary over here tells me you don't want to buy that scroll for 50 grand. So I think that, whoa, do you see that super interesting and cool and completely real thing out the w- open window over here? Oh, you can't see it? Try, try standing a little closer to the edge. Just over <laughs> here. Look over, look over here. Through all this, Fukunaga had been withdrawing $20,000 each month as his pay, which in today's money is about forty-five grand per hmm. month. And for all you sour naysayers out there, it wasn't that he was being a selfish foot fetishist. <laughs> I can't even believe that it, that would even cross your mind. <laughs> Idiot. Selfish foot fetishist. <laughs> no, no. God told him that's how much he should be earning every month. Who the hell are we to second-guess God's requirements on salary levels? Who are we? The things that members were required to do was absolute insanity. They were told to recruit new members in hospitals. Look, Gladys, I know you've been bedridden for years now. 
I do. I get it. And that your liver is shut down and you've been slipping in and out of diabetic comas pretty regularly. But you know who I can bring over? Jesus Buddha. <laughs> Jesus Buddha. He's right over there. You can recognize him by his super confusing physique. But more importantly, all he needs to do to heal you of all of these afflictions is to look at your feet. Oh, shit. So you lost your feet because of the diabetes? Okay. Uh... Do you have them in, like, a fridge or something? <laughs> no? No? Okay. Okay, just show me your hands. We call them the feet of the arms. <laughs> oh, no, these arm feet look terrible. You should probably buy a scroll about it. They'll be that'll be $150,000, please, and thank you. After days of not being allowed to sleep, they were required to run through the streets yelling, Fantastic! And I am living a happy and healthy life. That's what I have my employees do. Anytime morale is low, just send them all outside to, to yell, fantastic. I am living a happy and healthy life. It fixes everything. So, so this many guy, things are fixed. This guy was actually onto something. At one point, there was a volcanic eruption. Fukunaga told the people of Japan that if he had gotten 7,000 new followers, this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> Pretty solid retroactive prediction, if you ask me. You know that car wreck you got in last year? Wouldn't have happened if you had invited me to your birthday party. <laughs> in 1999, three women charged Fukunaga with fraud, and the police raided the building. But at the end, over 1,000 people and their families sued him for fraud. Five of his head followers charged him with fraud for claiming that he had given them, quote, the voice of heaven. But they hadn't felt it. Hadn't felt it. Hadn't felt it. <laughs> when the police asked him what the voice of heaven had said, he was quoted as saying, quote, I admit that I passed along the voice of heaven to five people, but I do not recall the voice of heaven. It's convenient. <laughs> so he, convenient. He was eventually convicted of defrauding 30,000 people of about $2.3 million in today's money. It's wild. Travis... <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever try grifting someone? Did you get caught? Uh, if I've been caught grifting? Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've been caught grifting per se, but I have sold people oregano that they thought was pot. That's grifting. And I've definitely sold people Tylenol. I told them were Laura tabs. So <laughs> like, that's a little grifty. <laughs> Nobody ever caught me though. So it was, <laughs> well, I, that's not true. I got, I sold marijuana leaves, not the bud. So okay. just the leaves themselves right. that uh, I got off of a plant and I sold somebody those and then they're like, got a really bad headache and then I had to come clean. <laughs> so I did get caught. So you didn't have much repeat business. <laughs> I mean, there was sometimes I sold a bunch of people some Tylenol and they 100% believed it was Lord Tabs. Oh, it got me so fucked up, man. <laughs> you know, it's a great business model. Aspirin is low cost. Yeah, I, yeah, all that. And I mean, I would do it in the basement of a church during youth group so it's a good cover <laughs> <laughs> have you ever grifted are you grifty i'm not super grifty but uh i did get caught in kind of a grift at one point so when i was about eight or so uh my mom had gotten uh a deal on google clusters which are, they're kind of like um, caramel turtles, but bigger. So they're like like this big around, 
and they're all individually packaged, and she got a crazy good deal on them. So we had a giant uh, grocery bag in the basement <laughs> filled with these things. And uh, I, I uh, can get psychotic on sugar, so I wasn't allowed to have much when I was young. And so I would sneak downstairs, and our basement wasn't finished. So there was drywall on the walls, but the rafters were open. And I would go downstairs, I would grab a few, stick them into my pockets, and then go into the bathroom in the basement. <laughs> I would eat them, and then I would climb up on top of the toilet and reach over the wall and drop the wrappers in between <laughs> the drywall. Nice. And uh, I did this perfect for crime. weeks, months, and uh, <laughs> it was it was a perfect crime. I got away with it, and then... Uh, when I was about 25, I went home uh, to have dinner with my parents one night, and my dad goes, so I was working in the basement, replacing a wall. Do you know anything about a pile of Goo Goo Cluster wrappers in the wall? And, oh, shit. Busted. Jigs up, boys. <laughs> But fortunately, your parents you know, are like the Mounties; and they always get their man. <laughs> yep, yep. So anyway, at twenty-five, I was grounded for the next week. <laughs> you know what? I think it's probably time for some good news. Good news. Good news, everyone. Well, that's not so horrible. So good news. This year, there were sixteen bison born at Banff State Park. They were really. Which is, I mean, it is. It, it doesn't sound like that big a deal, but it brings the population up to about 85, 90 bison okay. after they were absent for 160 years. So 160 years ago, they got hunted from 30 million down uh -huh. to less than 1,000 bison. Okay. And there was none there at Banff State Park. And I mean, we're talking, this is one of their natural habitats. Right. And... Yeah, 160 years of them just being completely absent. And these are wild, you know, getting back. They're a huge part of the ecosystem there. Okay. And, I mean, it's just it's great news. That's, that's insane. So, okay, if they were so limited, why can I get a bison burger at any restaurant? Because <laughs> they're not bison bison. They're beefalo. Bison What's cross beefalo? With, bison cross with the buffalo. You like those ones in, uh, down south of us here? They're only half bison. Really? Yeah, they're not full bison. They're I beefalo. had no idea. Yeah, beefalo. I yeah. didn't know you could cross them. Yeah. What else can you cross? Uh, you can cross can a... Can you throw a llama in the mix? <laughs> I don't think so. I want to try. There's there's ligers. I, a lion and a tiger. Not, well, I mean, that was Napoleon Dynamite's favorite animal. <laughs> they have magical powers. But I had no idea that they crossbred cows. Cows and bison, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's mostly when you are eating bison. That's what okay. you're eating. I was very confused there because, to me, in my head, that was like hearing that, you know, bald eagles had gotten super, super <laughs> endangered. And you could just get a bald eagle burger at any right? restaurant. It is crazy that, I mean, there's still, like, to to this day, there's, like, Eighty to 90,000 bison total. Really? Like, uh, wild bison. I mean, we have, like, the bison range near us. Right. And that's one of the bigger ones. Right. For I mean, that's, like, two, three hundred head of bison. 
Well, and the nice thing is they're all enclosed, so they're super easy to hunt. <laughs> right. I just sneak up to them and knife them. That's the way to do it. It's quiet. Just shiv them. Right. I usually try to wait until there's an entire carload of children going by just so I can see the sadness. <laughs> just, oh, here's one less. <laughs> I mean, essentially, that's what happened, though, in, uh, like, the 1800s is, like, they killed so many bison, and they did it mostly to upset, like, how the... Uh, Native Americans were, were living. That was their way of life. They, they, a lot of the tribes would follow the bison, and they would even say that a dead bison is a dead Indian. Like, that was a pretty common saying. That was a propaganda wow. that they would give out. To they encourage people, people to kill bison? Yeah, just to kill as many bison as they can so that they could put more tribes onto reservations. Yep. Because the bison were gone. That They relied on them for food. Yep. And, I mean, it's wild. So, just to clarify... Uh, a couple episodes ago, we were talking about a wonderful thing that happened in India, and then we moved on to, um, you know, the downtrodden poverty of India, which, you know, really ended on a positive note. And then on <laughs> this one, we somehow went from from new bison being born, new babies on this planet Earth, and, and then going to more tragedy. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're talking like trail tears, <laughs> smallpox on blankets. Oh, no. You know. Yeah. American stuff. American stuff. <laughs> uh, I did. I know that wasn't super happy. Mm-hmm. So I got some uh, some happy facts about bison here. Oh, okay. That I wanted I'm ready. to tell you. Uh, they are technically bison. They're mm-hmm. not buffalo. A buffalo What's is. the difference? Uh, so buffalo, it has to be like a water buffalo. Like that's okay. a true buffalo. Bison, right? their scientific name is bison, bison, bison. So. That's what I yell every time I go by them. <laughs> bison, 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 bison. What did the buffalo say to his child before he went to work? What? Bye, son. <laughs> uh, there, there's a reason I didn't put a dad joke as a segment in this podcast. <laughs> oh, you're going to get them anyways. So, bison are fucking huge. Okay. They get up to 2,000 pounds. What? And 6.5 feet at the shoulder. A bull will be six and a half feet at the shoulder. (laughs) So, we're talking like the only taller animal, like wild hoofed animal in the U.S. is like a moose. (laughs) Like, fucking, it's wild. Uh, They'll eat 30 pounds of grass a day. So, and they like new growth. So, they're like... Getting all that low right. to the ground stuff. Uh, they can jump six feet vertically and seven feet horizontally. Yeah. Can you imagine a six seeing... and a half foot bison can jump six feet? It can reach 12 and a half feet up. Can you imagine seeing a bison with a six foot vert? Yeah. Just, I mean, those things have hops. Yeah, I mean, bison can jump uh, higher than your average house. But that's mostly because houses can't jump. <laughs> wow, you are on... You are just way too happy with yourself. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> I was about to pull... Actually, did you know that most houses are more than six feet tall? <coughs> that's right. 
<laughs> but they can run 35 miles an hour. What? So 2,000 pounds, six and a half feet tall, running 35 miles an hour. And you see all those people at Yellowstone that just get mauled by bison mm-hmm. and they just get fucked up. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. They that don't realize now. you don't fuck with a bison. <laughs> <laughs> like, so uh, they are huge, round, adorable, and surprisingly athletic. Yeah. I feel like they're just the animal version of Jack Black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, iconic. <laughs> uh, if you go to any place where there's bison, like you've been to the bison range, and mm-hmm. you see those big mud pits, yeah. like they rub in the dirt until okay. they wallow, and they make these giant, like six foot across, even bigger pits that they... That's how they bathe. That's, that's how they how get I the prepare bugs off. for sexy time. Yep. I, and they'll, I go out into our backyard and roll around in mud. Yeah. That's how Erica prefers it. <laughs> nice. The muddier the better. <laughs> the muddier the better. <laughs> Just mud in all your special places. <laughs> all the special places. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and it's the national mammal of the United States. What? As of 2016. So we, we have the bald eagle. until 2016 uh-huh. to pick a mammal for the country? Yeah, and it's bison. I've, I feel like we had more time than that. I mean, we're not an old country, but... I mean... <laughs> it took them a minute to land on a mammal. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what other states have a mammal, but Oklahoma has the bison. So it's like the U.S. and Oklahoma both Did have... Did we copy them? I, we I, must yeah, in 1972, they, they okay. chose their mammal and then yeah. we copied them. The whole rest of the country copied Oklahoma. <laughs> you know, like leaning over and copying off their homework. <laughs> right. What did What did you put down for your national? Oh, bison. Okay, oh, that's a good bison. one. Yeah. yeah. You remember how we told hunters and gave them a bunch of guns and ammunition in order for you to kill right. all of them? Yep. Every single. You one? know, almost all of them, yep. unless except for a thousand. <laughs> and we had propaganda that said a dead bison is a dead Indian. You know, <laughs> uh, but now we're just making it our national mammal. So you know what. It's all better now. What we did before, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yep. It's all the slate Absolution. is wiped clean. Slate is wiped clean. It's <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wraps up our latest episode of Well, That's Horrible. Please like, subscribe, and rate on whatever podcast platform you use. That really helps us to move up the charts so we can get seen and we can keep coming up with these horrible stories for you. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok under Well That's Horrible. All one word. As we gain listeners, we'll be adding a segment where we tell horrible stories from our listeners. You can send those stories to info at wellthatshorrible.com or hit us up on our socials. We'd love to hear from you. Stay safe out there and always remember to make the world a little less horrible.
How do you turn a foot fetish into a multi-million dollar scam? Can you guilt people into buying tens of thousands of dollars of paper scrolls? Today, we're going to be talking about Hogan Fukunaga. Fun. <laughs> need to try saying that word a few times. Honohana. Honohana. Founder of Honohana. 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 How do you turn a foot fetish... I'm struggling. 